we survived, but so did everybody else. So it was really nothing. It was a non a zero week. I was a little uh, annoyed at you at first because I was like, oh man, we should have taken the Rams. You pointed out that the Colts were 52% owned. The Rams were definitely the right call. And then you made us use the Giants in the Super Contest, which was just uh, insult to injury. But in the end, the Colts- I even sent you a column that says the Giants centered their game plan around Tony, who was yeah. out there dominating for the first three minutes, and then was, everything went minutes. to hell. Everything went to hell. I'm sure. I'm that. sure he would. I, he's Tony's worth at least thirty points. I think they yeah, would have won. Yeah. If they and had I think it. it makes sense to center your game plan around someone coming in with a very gimpy ankle, in which you could yeah. very easily aggravate. Notice I didn't say yeah. very aggravate. Anyway, yeah. the uh, but that's okay. I was very bad. I felt dumb all day. I felt like really dumb all day during that. And I'm like, really, what does this even cost us if we win? It's actually better. It's you, you kept even like throwing that off. Like, well, I guess it might even be like, no, it's significantly better. Even though we were on the majority side, if they all go through, you want to be on the worst team that week. I mean, the Rams are better to have than the Colts, but that's what I'm saying. You right. want to be but, on the but team. That not necessarily because oh, you think right. because the, the week that we use them could be the week they go down where everybody else goes down. I know so it's you, funny. Right, literally might be this very week in which the Rams are 15 point favorites and on Yahoo, they're only like 9% used. So apparently I got off. I got us way off track last week is what really happened. But you didn't because everybody used the calls. So everybody we're, we're in. Oh, you're right. When did we get off the Rams then? Did we? We never, well, week one, some people took the Rams. I against, when that, uh, week yeah, one okay. was the Rams against the, uh, who you're were right, they You're right. With? You're right. I didn't. You're right. With the Colts, I didn't. But well, I wonder what happened with the, with, the, with the Rams there, though, because I feel like there's a lot, a lot of people use them already. Oh, 55% well, of the people in our, in our Survivor have used the Rams. There's only 45% available. Whereas right. the Cardinals, Cardinals have 96% are available. I looked this up. For right. Look at right. me, actually. Here, no, so that's good. That's so, yeah. actually so, yeah, that's, uh, no, yeah, because yeah, yeah, okay. So I think we're going to take the Rams this week because yes. the Cardinals are going to okay, be good. more owned. Yes. But yes. we got to look at one other thing, also, which is that email I sent you about Christmas and Thanksgiving schedule. So that's Thanksgiving, the other thing. Arizona Thanksgiving, plays. Arizona plays uh, seven Christ point favorites right now in the look 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 ahead line on Christmas against the Colts. Okay, so all here we go. Reason, all the not to use them, but all the more reason why people may use the Rams this week who have them. But still, there's, there's so many that don't even have them available, and some won't be thinking this way. By the way, so you know how every week there's always like some people on like the Jets or the Jaguars or so, like 10 people don't get their money pick laundering in. or something. How rich? I don't think it's money laundering. I, I, I figured out what I think it is. What, what I would, I mean, it could be money laundering. I so heard the your theory on XM. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So the contest was supposed to have like, so 6,000 people is break even, right? So 6,000 people times a thousand, six million. That's what the prize is. So they don't want to break even. They want to make money. So I'm assuming they were going to let like 6,500 to 7,000 in or something like that and make a cool half a million to a million bucks profit for running the contest and hopefully grow it and take 2 million bucks out of a $15 million prize or whatever in the future. And they, they knew maybe they'd be a little short because the first year. So we sign up and then you're, you're sending me emails and Pete's sending me emails like, dude, you guys got a crazy overlay. Uh, not that many people signed up. So we, we, we get to week one and there's 4,500 people signed up for a $6 million prize. So now before we even begin, our $1,000 entry is worth like $1,500-ish. But like every week, just to, so people understand, there's like bizarre things happening where people are taking like the Jets as like 10-point underdogs or nobody. And these are $1,000 in entry, right? So what the hell's going on? Well, I think what happened is they probably never got 4,500. They probably got 2,500. And they were sort of like, this is embarrassing. It looks like we're so far short of the goal that this is a joke. So they might've just had like their, their own guys just put stuff in and they probably are just like, we'll just you know, dump those 
over. I don't know. This is, I mean, I don't know. Don't they want to win? I feel like they'd want to win still. It's a little cheating to pad your numbers, but if, as long as they're not like don't win, then no harm, no foul. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, right. As long as they don't like they're purposely tanking it and get rid of them, they could say, yeah, we were close. We had 4,500. And they're like, it's not really. I mean, obviously, the gaming commission might have an issue with them doing it, but they're like, we're just dumping it. I don't know. It almost feels like they padded it and are dumping it, is what it feels like. Yeah, whatever the reason, it's bizarre, but every week there are some no entries and there's some uh, way big underdog picks and a thousand dollar entry. Uh, right. So, so I think they're like, there's like 2,000 real people doing this. So it's like one in 2,000 for them, but it's one in one for us. It's just 100%, right? Because we're yeah. a team of destiny. Yeah. You know, and, and Colts, you know, I hear what you're saying, didn't build much character, but it was nice to not overly sweat there the second half. Dude, you know, I'm just kidding. Really I was nice. so happy. The first half was terrible, they were barely winning. Yeah. And they're driving down the field. And the Colts defense was on the field the whole game. Carson Wentz wouldn't check down to Jonathan Taylor. He's just throwing these. He Two carries at halftime, man. I'm using him in yeah. DFS too. I mean, it's a joke. Like, I mean, by the way, you still can't use that guy if you're playing like cash DFS, no matter the match. If you guys two carries at 14-point favorites at home against Houston halftime, yeah. I know, what, you're, you're, I know you're 10 Don't bell back and forth. But, man, at some point, I mean, that's just great. He has the most carries inside the 10 this year also too. Yeah, he gets tons anyway. of goal line. And, and they call passes for him all day. Wentz got enamored with those two nice passes he threw, and he stopped checking down. But Wentz is balling. Wentz is balling, man. That he's was, he's all right. He, he should have. There's some. He left some stuff on the field. I watched that whole game, and the beginning, like Texas just driving, driving. But the hilarious thing is, once they got down twenty-four to three, they were driving like an eight-minute drive in the end of the third quarter. I'm like, oh, they're chewing the clock. They're they don't they only have one mode. Once Jonathan Taylor went on that awesome eighty-one yard oh, that touchdown, was so run. sick that run. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and then it, and, it wasn't a touchdown. It wasn't. No, no. We had to push it in, and then he got the extra one touchdown. Marlon you know, Mack left a 75-yard touchdown on the field, too. Like, Taylor, so it's not just us fantasy guys bitching. Like, legitimately, you're costing your team there, Frank, right? I mean, come on, fella. Right. But it's a 17-game season. These are running backs. McCaffrey and Cook have already missed time. Barkley's out. Like, it's not wrong to pace it early. I think, you know, remember last year, Taylor was just the total took over the whole thing. I, there's no way they can hold this guy down. Ted Bell, he's like, well, on the current pace, he would have 230 carries. Don't worry about that. He's going to get us 270, 260. He and I have a bet for 250. He's going to get, you know, 50 catches, and, and he's going to just do a lot on a per-touch basis. So if you want to bet me right. Najee Harris straight up over uh, Taylor uh, rest of the year, I would definitely take Taylor if you want to do that. Oh, In I mean, PPR. That, uh, I'll give you the PPR. Uh, yeah. You're going to get a lot yeah. of catches. You're going to get more catches. I like them both, but I would take that bet out of principle because I, I mean, I do think Harris will score more points. I do think that. Okay. Because so I just uh, think there isn't a fit, like, like normally the DFS guys and even like the old school just fantasy guys, they're like draft the volume, get volume, volumes. You know, if the guy's going to get X carries and X catches, that's it. Efficiency comes and goes. You can't predict who's going to get hurt and healthy. Yeah. But I think the efficiency difference between Harris behind that line and Taylor, especially when Quentin Nelson comes back. And Wentz is now playing like a a, a decent yeah, QB. Yeah, I I would take the bet. So if you want to do no, fifty no, bucks, I'll do fifty. Okay, yeah. No, I think no Juju helps too. He's going to get like ten targets a game. So sure, we'll do. 50 I mean, bucks. he's going to get a lot of PPR. So well, let's just say from yeah. week seven on, neither sure. one is out of buy yet, right? They're both buy free, right? Sure, we'll we'll, we'll make it work either way. Okay, details, fifty bucks. Yeah. Fifty bucks. Okay. Uh, uh, I love Taylor. He's so good in real life, but um, he he's 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 great. But he'll I get the it'll, it'll come. Use is coming. Can I? Can I illustrate just how whack a uh, running back position is with six buys and all the injuries? Uh, guess what our, our guy Elijah Mitchell's ECR is this week, his expert consensus ranking. The guy who hasn't done anything. 12. 
Yeah, well, it's 15th or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy hasn't even, I mean, he hasn't done a thing in a month and he's a rookie with like, I mean, it's pretty funny that he's a top, you know, borderline RB1. I mean, it's pretty funny. Well, you know, it's funny. You have a lot, you've drafted a lot of Ronald Jones and like, I oh, liked God. Fournette and Jones. I liked them both. Fournette but I is get, like a top seven dude, guy. Fournette is legitimately valuable. And I liked him and Jones, but for some reason I got neither of them in any league. I said on the, on the Yahoo podcast, it was bad process by me because Fournette was going to be the receiver guy either way too. And I, I mean, Jones can be a beast running it, but he's so bad at the other parts. And Fournette now is the, even if Gio takes the third downs and he, good luck staying right. healthy, Gio, Fournette still gets those five to eight yeah. targets a game on the Brady dump offs. Brady awesome loves it. Off, awesome offense, yes. goal line touchdowns. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's a top five even you could argue in PPR Fournette. He's, he's, he's high up there. I was watching that Thursday I mean, game seven, and I was like, seven, eight around yeah, there. compared to Marshawn Lynch because Lynch, was a, was a highly 10th you know, overall pick, soured on his first team. They thought he was kind of a, a bad guy, criminal. They, they send him for nothing. I can't remember how he got to Seattle, but it wasn't for much. He has that beast quake run in the playoffs, yeah. just like Fournette dominated in the playoffs when he got to, my, got to Tampa. And then all of a sudden his career took off. And I, it's like, it's the same type of thing. Like the team just was impatient with him. And, I think uh, Lynch yeah. is better real life, and this is more situation, but sure, fair. I, Fournette, first of all, in the playoffs, Fournette looked really, really good. And on Thursday night, it wasn't just like there. I mean, he was making moves, and he was – you could see you could see like what they saw in him. I mean, you should take him fourth overall, but like he's not that fast. And he, he is fast at top speed, but he's not that like quick or whatever, but he's pretty nimble for like a large back. And you can kind of see it in that game anyway. You have anything else with football, or you want to just go through these uh, these games and get to just, some other stuff? Yeah, I just feel dumb fading uh, Henry of just eleven hundred career carries. Oh, dude, I don't know what dude. we were doing. I mean, it was a mis- bet. Well, we it was it, it was definitely wrong. I have Henry number one. There's no real argument who's number one, right? I mean, it's got to be Henry right mm-hmm. now, None. and he's even catching some passes. And the whole like, let's get out a year too early. Okay, well, maybe next year he breaks down. I don't think so. Even that actually, but. Let's just say he did. It's like, yeah, but the year you missed out on was the guy that won you the, everything. So it's yeah. like, well, it's not just like a baseball player who's going to get you 30, 100, 280. And you're like, eh, he's kind of old. I'll get out. And then it's not a big deal if, he, if he's good. This is like, oh, no, it's a really big deal that I don't have this guy. You know, I actually brought it up to be self-deprecating, but I'm going to brag, actually, because last week I talked about it on the XM show to prove, you know, I'm not saying this after the fact, but I uh, did a little taste on Henry at 40 to one to win MVP. And as I said, ironically, um, uh, the, it's dumb of me to do it before the Bills game facing the best defense. No, it's smart. But, uh, on prime time, scoring three touchdowns and doing yeah. that. It's because my, my thought was um, that the quarterbacks would all cannibalize each other's votes. Just because, I mean, I know that QBs are almost certainly going to win the award and about once every decade a running back wins. Um, but if there's like five quarterbacks you can't decide who to vote for and there's only one running back or even one other position player um, who goes crazy and he breaks records because of the extra game, he's on pace to break all the record 2600 yards and 20 touchdowns or whatever. Right, i mean right. i could see it and i convinced someone i i uh who tweeted back at us on the xm saying dk sportsbook had it 65 to 1 Ooh, so 65 upset. So i didn't get good. that too but um anyway I, it's fitting to say this on the week that my san francisco giants fifty thousand dollar ticket oh. uh was put to put to rest uh, but you had you made, that, made a thousand bucks I, I made a thousand bucks but it's my favorite team losing to the most hated team on like a, on on some shaky umpiring in a game five that the two teams should have been playing a seven game series it's like baseball by far is the most nerve-wracking sport for me i can't handle watching baseball it's, it's like very so much, it's it, it, it's so it's long but it's also just like all these 
these umpires making these decisions that are just like so dramatically affect the game. But anyway, um, yeah. So so now we're talking Henry and we're talking Corbin Burns. That bet is still live too. But uh, yeah, anyway, that's live. And Otani is almost certainly going to win. Although, yeah. just just for you every second, I think the reason the Giants lost is because you hedged. Like, I think had you not hedged, it was oh. sort of a butterfly effect. Oh. It was sort of like just that one person who loves the team's faith crumbled. And then that rippled, you know, to like friends and family and people in the airwaves that you told that you hedged. And then like the kind of eventually the vibe got to the giants and they're sort of like, eh, maybe we're not the team of destiny after all. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's almost certainly the, the reason. Um, I mean, yeah. it's like 50% chance. That's the reason. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before we get to so, these games, hold on a couple, couple quick things. Uh, Chloe went four for four. She, her feet swelled up before her race on Friday night. And she had a rash that I think was part of a, a cold she had. So not ideal to be running. She couldn't walk the night before, but still, uh, she actually still beat, the boys by, beat the boys by 18 seconds. This wow. Week, which is just crazy. Wild. But anyway, so what is um, this? Is she going to be know. like an Olympic uh, runner? Like, what is this? Probably not. I'm sure they'll catch up to him, but it's just cool to have this, Why? this moment Why? in time. It's like she's beating them by like an order of magnitude. Yeah. If you look at standard deviations, it's like she's like she's like Derrick Henry out there. The next person's like Jonathan Taylor. She's Derrick Henry. Yeah, it's hard to compare her times because each one's a little different, of course, and I know they're not doing it perfectly, but the, to beat the boys by that amount and it's growing, it's pretty. It's many standard deviations away from the pack. Yeah. which is very rare. Like she, what something's going on, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll show you the latest video. It's pretty, yeah. And you can't see anyone. So, and you're still giving her the, the steroids that I told you to give her. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. The grass fed okay. beef turkey. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, real quick before we get to the game, I said real quick, but yep. dude, we have time. No rush this week. Uh, no, no. Uh, we, we, I signed up. I was, um, oh, I, yeah, this why, is funny. But I, I was, I was signing up for a, lot, a few basketball leagues more than usual this year i'm trying to get into fantasy hoops i'm excited for the warriors and uh i noticed i'm like one more rotowire league and it's a beat chris list league after i joined it's pretty funny yeah. so uh, so you're farming it out but no you actually did it so how did that come about so yeah greg just emailed me on sunday and i guess it's like the last one because the season just tipped off and he was like you want to do a uh, beat chris list hoops i know you're gonna need someone to partner with probably i said i thought about it i was like ah oh, tuesday night I, I don't know anything but I was like, I love fantasy hoops. And I know one of the guys like Shannon or Nick Whalen or one of those dudes will do it or Dre if I asked him. So I just emailed Shannon because one time, like 10 years ago, he did a deal with Yahoo where he had to join this league and he and I partnered. We won it. So I was like, all right, it's good luck. So, and I kept doing terrible. I had Kevin Payne, Dre, it made him work out. Every time I partnered with somebody, we'd be in like last place. And so I figured, okay, Shannon, and Shannon really knows hoops well too. Yeah. So he Love said, Shane. yeah, I'll do it. Love he said, Shane. no problem. Yeah, yeah, Shannon's hilarious. Um, I'll yeah. tell a funny Shannon story. I was rooming with that dude in New York. I, I hope he's cool with me telling the story in, uh, for one of the FSGA events. FSGA events. And he, he smokes and he dips. And I always like to have a dip when I'm, I don't buy it because I want to get mouth cancer. But when I see Shannon or Matt Deutsch or the guys who dip, I'll just be like, hey, let me have one of those. And they, you know, they give it to me. Yeah. And you know, we wake up in the morning. He'd go downstairs. He's like, you want a coffee list? And I'm like, yeah, I'd love one. So he'd go down get his coffee, whatever. And he'd come back like 20 minutes later and, you know, hand me the coffee. His routine I found out was to like go downstairs, get the coffee, drink the coffee, put a dip in, have a cigarette, go to the, you know, the public bathroom, take care of, uh, eliminate best everything. Roommate, best the, roommate yeah, ever. Oh, he would but, leave yeah. go down and take it. He's like, no, it's not even, I wouldn't do that to you. Um, but it was like a, a giant coffee so a dip funny. and a cigarette. Yeah. To yeah. Deal that. <laughs> Anyway, I love that. Yeah, so you got so, yeah. So, so he, he knows his hoops too, and Shannon knows and he, his hoops. He really no, he legitimately knows his hoops, oh, oh, and yeah, so yeah. you know, I was like, all right, cool. And he was like, yeah, no problem. So, so he actually gave me a pretty detailed list, but unfortunately, like there was not a lot of guys from like 
20 to 40, 20 to 50, 60. It was like a lot of sleepers. And then, you know, in the first you know five rounds, like it's sort of where you draft, like determines like who's there. And the couple of guys he did give me weren't there. So I reached for John Morant because he had him, he had him as a guy he liked and he was, his ADP is like 43 and I was 36, 37. Sure. So I, you know, I was just like, all right, fine. And I, I don't know, you can tell me what you think of it because I don't know anything, but he told me I didn't get quite enough blocks or steals and maybe our percentages are suspect. He said, this team's all right. We could maybe win the league, you know, if we get, you know, our guys healthy and everything. But he didn't, he didn't, he didn't think it was a, an overall contender. He thought it was a, maybe a league contender. What did you think about the draft? So even though I'm the dude who pops up before you draft on Yahoo this uh, year in your drafts, giving you some, uh, some video, um, it's definitely my third sport behind baseball and football. So I'm uh, not sure if I'm the authority here, but I definitely did more than usual this year and looked into it. So I thought you made some some real good sleeper picks late. And, and they're funny. I'm like, I know these aren't your guys in the three. No, picks, they're right? not mine. Because here we go. Because Kyle Anderson is the league's slowest, most boring player. So I know not a list guy. But then right. on the opposite spectrum, you took sleepers or deep sleepers, uh, relatively speaking. But um, Sanguine and Trey Murphy are definitely a Shannon guys on the list for sure. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah. Kyle Anderson was just like, so I was partly, I was mostly drafted off Shannon's list, but sometimes the ADP was like, it wasn't a guy in that range on my list. Sure. And I also had to like fill the positions, right? Like I had, I needed guards at some point. And so I, I, so I forgot Scotty Barnes. I, I was a guy that Dre yeah. had mentioned yeah. and I missed, I missed him, but he was there. And instead I took Dennis Schroeder because I'd heard of him. You know, I was like, yeah. oh yeah, he was, he was yeah. on the Lakers. He's a point guard. He's so I don't know, you know, I just was taking yeah. some guys, but I was mostly trying to get Shannon's list, get some blocks. Cause I knew when we had uh, Jokic in the first round, we would need blocks. Capella and Draymond I got for blocks, but maybe that's not enough. I have a question for you. If Van Vliet would have been there, would you have taken him or Randall? Because I know you don't know who that is, but I heard you talking to Dre about him on, on XM, and I know you're a Knicks fan, so I was just curious who would you have gone on those two? I was I was going to take Randall. I was going to okay. take uh, uh, Gobert. I was, yeah. was hoping, but he didn't come close to me. And then I was going to take Bang out of Bayou, but he sure. didn't come close either. Those two guys, I was like, because those were blocks. And it just never got there. You know, Anthony Davis actually really fell. I would have definitely yeah. taken him. I know, man. I took LaMelo over him. I mean, I'm, I'm all about point guards early, dude. I, I took both the ball brothers. What could go yeah. wrong there? And I'm not going to disparage any team that drafted Draymond, Clay, and Wiseman. Like <laughs> did. So, I mean, yeah. Clay might be back in like a month, right? And like Clay is like a steal there if he's back in a month. What about Kyrie in the 12th? That dude was going in like the sixth round a week earlier in main events, but uh, he probably won't play this year. But I, I mean, in an overall contest, I had to take Kyrie at 12. Oh, no, like I, I was going to take him. I, below his I would, I would have taken him the next round, but I, I was a nutless monkey. I should have taken him before because, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, here's the thing, though. Here, here's the issue with, with Kyrie is like Kyrie is not, first of all, he's rich. Second of all, he gets paid half his salary. Because it's I not bet, his fault. Oh, it's yeah, half. I was net, wondering, it's half? I didn't know what that is. Okay, he's getting paid. I think. Game, so. I thought he was getting paid half. And, you know, it's not I his choice. The Nets are saying you can't play. You know, it's not, right. they can't really, right. they would get probably, he would probably win a lawsuit if they didn't right. pay him half. Right, right. And, like, he's a dude who has his beliefs. So, like, he's not going to be easily pushed off of, of his stance. They're never going to just say, you know what? Eh, other guys are still spreading it. They're, not, they're just not going to relent. Like, they're, they're, it would just, even if they were like, I don't really see any reason to keep these mandates. You're just kind of keeping one of our key players out. It's just a face-saving thing. Like, what are they going to tell everybody that they did all these restrictions for so long? Um, I just don't think they're going to walk it back. So I don't think the NBA or the Nets are going to budge. And then it's only Kyrie with budge, and I just don't think he's going to do it. So yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't feel like he will either. Yeah, I just feel like I didn't really think he could play, but you never know. You, 
anyway, good times. Um, so we can move on to the games. I uh, I was reaching for Jason Tatum in league in round one. Reaching for this is the only league I did reach for Donovan Mitchell in round two. I wanted a little Lamella ball, and I'll just go on record and saying I was a hundred percent. I drafted Anthony Edwards in my leagues this year. He's my Corbin Burns in basketball, mm -hmm. reaching way above, around above ADP for Anthony Edwards. I might be compensating, you know, because nearly went to the Warriors, but that dude's has the best interview in sports too. If you haven't, if you haven't seen any of Anthony Edwards interviews, but uh, let's get to these week seven games lists. And uh, we well, no, just tell uh, me you like, you like my team or not. Oh you yeah. Your, your team's solid. It's, it's solid. I mean, yeah, you don't, I mean, it, it's, it's, I agree with Shannon's assessment. You could be, I mean, Jokic is awesome. I mean, it's a great, right. great start to get the best player. And then uh, Morant, I just, man, he knocked out the Warriors in person in that play in game. Morant was just a baller dude. So good. So um, what about my guy, Julius Randall. Julius is like yeah, a stat so sheet good. filler. I know. Unbelievable. Julius Capella, Randall, Draymond. Joe, Draymond gets blocks and steals for a big man. I'm Julius, Randall, steal Julius Randall goes before LeBron James in fantasy basketball. If you would have yeah. said that a well, year ago. At first I was like, oh, I'll take LeBron. And then I started thinking about it. And I was like, no, nah, man, he's going he's, he's gonna to get – and he's going to get rested so much. They're going to be like yeah. – it's Shannon's problem because he's managing it. But I was like, I don't want to make Shannon have to deal with like this. Is LeBron going to sit out? Like yep. that, that was the reason. Of course, LeBron, like on a per game basis, I would have snap called that. But I just like, 100%. it doesn't yeah. make any sense to take him. Yeah, I, know, right. I treat the age age model big time for, for hoops for me. Um, all right, let's go to these games. Not a great week for me uh, last week uh, against the spread. Oh, wait. That. Wait. Yeah. And now we will pause for a word from our sponsors. Okay. Just not a great week for me against the spread uh, last week. I know I dropped in the fantasy pros. Um, uh, yeah, I didn't have a good week. Um, I don't know how the staff did as a whole. Badly. I was six and eight and I was in third place. You were four and 10, but you were not in last place. Jeff Erickson was three and 11. So you can mm -hmm. feel better about yourself. I'm six and oh on best bets. I wasn't as bad because I think I switched Bengals and fantasy pros after we talked. Remember, remember yeah. that one? The, oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And, and that, was, that was one of the one. I am. Six and oh on best bets. I know, so, and I'm yeah, one and five. Good. Well done, dude. That's really good. That's good. You should fade my best. Can I also just I just want to circle back on that Giants real quickly? When I when all those thoughts when we were talking Friday, Aaron Darnold Donald was very questionable. He yep. ended up playing. Thomas, did Thomas leave or he did not, or whatever? Tony left immediately. There were a lot of like questionable things that every single thing went the other way. And I don't know, whatever. Maybe it was just totally the dummy dummy side. But I, days earlier, there were other variables that could have easily gone the other way. Like Donald was legitimately questionable. And he dominated. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, it's funny. I woke up on Saturday morning and I just thought about it. And I was like, we're going Colts. So I actually was on board with it. Okay. And then, okay. but then when you were like, dude, you were right. It's 52%. I was like, God damn it. We 52%. should be on the Rams. Oh yeah. We should give you credit for that because that's way more than like Yahoo projected. Well, I, I knew because a, when dimes played, I knew the line was going to drop and that was going to change people's minds. And then B people want to save teams. Okay. I mean, it's speculating and, and those numbers, we got to be a little bit less um, reliant on them now because it gets noisy as the season goes on and you just don't want to, uh, you don't want to be like, oh, this is 42. And you can do the math, but you got to like guess a little bit. And what you did is good. Like looking at how many people have it available. That really helps figure out the distribution. But anyway, let's go to the, let's do these games. Broncos, it's not going to be plus three anymore. Cause I, I did this line before uh, we knew Mayfield was out. So I'm kind of screwed. I'm stuck with it. Let's look what the line is right now. Cause that's going to be more fun. I don't want, I don't want to touch this. I mean, it's a joke of a game. Nobody's healthy. I don't even know if Bridgewater's Bridgewater definitely playing. It's actually only minus one and a half, two right now. So no, it hasn't even no. moved that much, but you don't want this, right? Not at all. I think Keenum is probably as good as a banged right. up Mayfield. Right. I took the Broncos in stat picks, but no way would I touch this game. 
Okay. Bengals plus six at Ravens. I think I would use the Bengals. I, the Ravens looked amazing. They killed the Chargers. Very surprising to me. We used the Chargers last week. But I think, okay, the Ravens are they flying high after like being the king of the AFC now that the uh, Bills lost. But the Bengals are quietly pretty good, and I think they're going to be very up for this game. And I just think six is enough. I, I, I feel good about this one. What do you think? Yep, there's a handful of games I like this week, and they're one of them. I'm on board. And this went up to six and a half just now. So if we get six and a half, I don't think it'll go to seven, but that's even better. So, okay, we'll probably use that. Panthers Burrow's minus Burrow's, yeah, Bur- Burrow's good. Chase is balling and the defense isn't bad. And the Ravens defense played great last week, but I got to see it again. I'm not, yeah. I'm not sold yet that that's like a great defense. Something happened. Who knows? All right. Panthers minus three at giants. What do you got? Panthers, but a stay away. I could, uh, I don't want, I don't know. I would take the Giants if we were going to take IT. I know. I could see that too going ugly this week with them. But yeah, yeah. I don't stay away. Stay away. All right. Team plus nine and a half at Packers. I just had a real team feeling here. I Mm. feel like it's just the time to get back in. They suck and the Packers are good. But I feel like that Rogers, I own you and stuff is just a little cocky. And this is not a game they're going to be super up for. So I just feel like it's the time to take the team, even though the team is terrible and the Packers are good. I took Packers, but I switched it, and I, and I might regret. I, I wrote a stay away for me. Do you know Packers are five and one with a, a plus eight point differential? I mean, it's uh, yeah. I don't know. Washington's defense is so so bad too, though. So um, it's a stay away for me. I could see one good Chase Young game, and them just kind of getting into it. But okay, we could stay away. Chiefs minus five and a half at Titans. I took the Titans because I just think the Chiefs should not be laying that kind of wood with that defense against a good team, but. The Titans secondary is decimated and I don't love the Titans coming off a huge win in a short week. And they're two games ahead of the Colts and the chiefs are more desperate. What are the chiefs three and three or something like that? And in a tougher division, although that division is getting softer by the minute you made the Titans your best bet. So if you want to fight for it, I'll take it. But I don't, I'm like sort of narrowly Titans on this. I've been really bad with my best bet. So if we can come up with another five, no problem. But that okay. seems like a pretty big spread for that defense on Kansas oh. City. I mean, that this is this is very I hear you. I don't like the setup of the big win on uh, Monday night. But, but but Henry could just smash them. I mean, completely too. Yeah, and and, and Vrabel and, and Vrabel, you know, remember that playoff run they had that got to the, the championship game? That team was playing on short rest, didn't have it like he's he, he does something right. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's the only Belichick coach that like, you know, really picked it up. Atlanta at Miami, Atlanta minus two and a half at Miami. I made Miami my best bet. I don't love using the Dolphins as the best bet, but they're coming off of London. Atlanta had a buy, but this line would be five and a half. This would be, it would be Atlanta plus five and a half before the season. And the Dolphins looked a lot worse. They beat the Patriots and then they looked a lot worse than they were because they had the worst quarterback in football. And Tua is not great, but Tua is is an NFL quarterback. And I just think that the Dolphins... They just got humiliated by the Jaguars. They're going to win this game. Yeah, I sent Falcons on the stat picks Tuesday night, but I've already switched it to to uh, to Dolphins on Fantasy Pro, so I'm totally cool with using them. Yeah, I looked okay. into it more. Although this is weird with the Sean Watson trade rumors. I mean, obviously, obviously we got to pay attention if Tua is not quarterback, but he's he's much better than Brissett, and uh, it's just weird the London thing and legitimately the opposite with Falcons coming off a bye. But I'm cool with it, totally. Right. That's the only thing that gives me pause. I mean, but that's Falcons, priced in. That's priced in. That's why the spread is what it is. You know what I mean? That's that's what right. it has to be. I mean, how many points is that worth? Because this looks like it's worth six. You know, it's like right, right. this is a lot of points. I mean, before the season, it would be five and a half. I understand why Miami's got to be downgraded based on their play. 
But, but who are the Falcons? Give me yeah, and, but also, but I mean, Tua was out for most of the year and they beat the Patriots week one. So it's just basically like, okay, let's just reset their season. And the Jaguars game, it wasn't like an atrocious game either. It was, you know, they lost, but it wasn't that well, bad. I kind of like, I kind of like buying low too. I mean, yeah. losing to, uh, to, I mean, how embarrassing. I mean, yes, you, no, no, I, buying, I think it's bottom. Yeah. I mean, how embarrassing. You lost to Urban Meyer's first time. I mean, you know, he's comparing it to national championships, by the way. Jets plus seven at New England. Who do you got there? Huge stay away for me. I could see this going either way. I think I took the points, uh, held, held my nose. You know, Belichick has just been by far the worst fourth down decision maker like last two years. He's just like the biggest donkey when it comes to that. Wasn't it five, 10 years ago when he was the guy do, going it from his own 20 right. against the Colts? I mean, what? Yeah. I don't know. It's bizarre. There's no, no coach is good at everything. Belichick was looked very ordinary without Brady. And I know like, you know, a lot of guys opted out last year and, He's trying to break in a rookie QB and actually his QB is doing better than the other rookie QB. So, and at the same time, he's like putting the Cowboys tooth and nail when no one thought that right. game should be, you know, I mean, yeah. and, and the Bucks and the Bucks. I mean, yeah, that's true. Support. That's true. That those are some tough games that they barely lost. So that's true. Who did uh, who'd you take on that one? I'm curious. I took, I took the Patriots, but I, it's, he hit, I wasn't. Yeah. Belichick loves. I, I almost think we could use that actually. At first I was like, yeah. I don't know. The Jets are the better value. And then I thought about it. I was like, Jets are the better value. I'm on the Patriots. There's no way the Patriots with their team and their performance is seven points better than the Jets, but they're going to win by like 13. I mean, it's just going to be easy. I don't Belichick know. Belichick loves sticking it to the Jets too. And rookie quarterback. Yeah. And, and Mac bad. Jones is starting to like, you know, he's not great, but he's, he's good. No, he's, he's better. Good. He's better than. Niners should have taken Mac Jones. Detroit at the Rams. Detroit plus 15. I took the Rams, but it was like coin flip. Yeah, I took the points. It's a, it's a lot of points for, uh, I don't know, I like the points, but I, I hate these high spread games always. But uh, and, and, and it might just be me um, worried about my survivor pick because I definitely was going to fight for the Rams, but I took the points here. Okay. Philly plus three at the Raiders. I think the Raiders are good, but I'm a little concerned with like the emotional win off the Gruden firing. And the Eagles, 10 days off. It, I hate the Eagles. They're so sloppy, like Hurts. I just can't. I watch the guy play, and I'm like, he's exciting, but he just misses a lot. And the, the, the Raiders are like a more of a like well-oiled machine, believe it or not. But I still take the points. I just have a Philly feeling. Me too, but that's a, a spread. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, Chicago plus 12 and a half at Tampa. This was my closest. This is my most coin flip game. And I took oh. Tampa, but I, I don't want anything to do with this. Okay. Yeah. I laid the wood on this one of, of the big spreads. Still yes, I laid the wood, but, yeah. but I, but I, I want nothing to do with this. So to me, it's, okay. Yeah. Fair. Okay. Houston. I, I made this line 17 and a half and it was 18 when I wrote the column. Now it's 18 and a half. I took Houston, but I don't have any interest in this. I kind of like it. I think it's a way inflated line and Mills is solid or deep. I think I, this is one I would use, but if you can come up. All right. With if you want to use it, that's oh, fine. It's fine. I'll use you can it. Talk I, to this more. I, I think this line is just gigantic. Okay. I mean, fine. it's, it's I, totally. I took straight. Houston. I, I took Houston, no. but. Okay. I would fight for it. I like this actually. Okay. You know, Rufus is like uh game grade. Just before the Colts disaster mm -hmm. has Houston is minus 10.6 on a neutral field. Like by far the worst team in the league. Mm -hmm. Not even close. Okay. Indy plus four. At the Niners, I really like Indy here. I think this is kind of like a 50-50 game. I, the Niners, I just don't know who they are. I don't know if they're good. I don't know if they're bad. If the Niners went like 11-6 and six and started crushing teams, I'd be like, oh, yeah, the Niners. And if they went 6-11 and 11 and just had the season like last year, I'd be like, oh, yeah, they suck. I have no idea who they are. And I think the Colts have turned a corner. And it, this, should, this should be three. It shouldn't be four. 
Uh, I've been off track with the Niners seemingly all season. And my first instinct was, oh, that's too many points, uh, Colt. So it's tired of being wrong. So I switched to the 49ers, if that makes any sense. Um, no, I understand. Yeah. Uh, who, who, who knows? I mean, they're just such a weird team that's like, I don't know. They, they played the Cardinals better than any team has this season. It was a weird game plan with Lance just running the ball. Well, lucky he didn't get more seriously injured, but now a gimpy Garoppolo returning. You know, I, I was looking at this crate, uh, this site using uh, all these advanced stuff for home field advantage now compared historically. And um, apparently one of the best uh, stripping like win loss record, like really looking at the nerdy stuff. Uh, Candlestick was ba- essentially the best home field of all time in NFL history. And Levi stadium has been the worst. Ah, interesting. No. So why would that be? They don't know why. It just is. Yeah, just it is. Well, I mean, candlestick, I could see. I mean, the wind, probably just a horrible con- locker room condition. They're just right on the ocean there. Like the wind was out of control. I could see that yeah. being very, very different. And, but right. I don't know why Levi's is the, is the, the, the nut low on that. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, there's, it's weird sun issues, but uh, maybe well, pricing, pricing out the fans, who knows, more corporate stuff. like Yeah, corporate people who don't care. Yeah. I, that's really bad. And then the other thing yeah. is, if you have good environmental conditions and San Francisco is a mild climate, right? Like it's never really cold. It's never really hot. Miami in September, like good luck when it's like 92 and humid as hell, you know, to go in there and play a football game or Green Bay in the winter. But San Francisco, yeah. it's like, there's nothing. There's no, you know, well, Denver right, at altitude. Right. right. But, but, but candlestick was, there was, it was literally on the ocean. I mean, you could throw it was windy and it was, it was so yeah. windy. Yes. Yeah, but now yeah. it's in Santa Clara inland and it's no climate at all. Yes. Correct. Right. So anyway, I just thought that was interesting going from the the help, most helpful home field to the least helpful. But um, I'll be there Sunday night, so I'll report back to you. Okay, so good. I hope you go to some Warriors games too and tell us how it is. <laughs> New Orleans minus four and a half or five. Looks like about five in most places in Seattle. I like the Saints. I think they're oh, better. Interesting. I would fight for this one, Seattle. Really? really? I, you like the Saints? That's a, yeah. That's, the Seattle. Okay, Seattle. Remember, Pittsburgh, and that game was super physical. That was a nasty game. And... They just beat the crap out of each other. Everybody who plays Pittsburgh with those kind of games, they always do badly against the spread the following week. It's Geno Smith. That's just a huge downgrade. The Saints are really stout on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Jameis is playing better. Callaway, our guy, the guy that I ranked uh, 70th or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. starting he to play. Well, he's yeah. a Hail Mary machine. He's just like yeah. Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's the Donovan yeah. Peoples-Jones of the NFC. I just think they're, they're just the better team. They've coming off a bye. Uh, Seattle getting their, their brutal game. I don't think Pete Carroll's a great coach. He's okay, but with no Russell Wilson, I think it's this is just a bat, not a very good team. They gave up a bunch of dra- uh, draft capital and a big contract to Jamal Adams, who's been like flat out bad. Uh, and yeah, who knows Russell Wilson's future? What do they there. do well? What what does Seattle do well? Name yeah, one, one face. Before last week, they were on pace to allow the most yards in NFL history. I'm not sure if that's still the case, but they uh, I don't know. Night game in Seattle, all the money's on New Orleans. Sometimes it's hip to be square, but I feel like you're on that side. And and and, and, and Seattle covers this. Come on. No, no. I don't yeah. think so. James Winston hasn't thrown the ball 30 times. I mean, that's a joke of an offense. They're winning. They don't need, this, they don't need to. Oh, they, they get a cover to. of seven point spread. Uh, mm, it's five. Uh, right. it's, we should five. Let's do that. Sorry. Okay. Whatever. Win by touchdown the road. Let's do this. A side bet 20 bucks. Let's do this one for sure. I'll go 50. Okay. I'll go 50. Okay. Let's do 50. I'll take uh, five and a half. Five and, five and a half. half. You got it. Okay. Well, let's see. Let me look. It might be five. Let's get it exact. It'll be too bad. There's like four and a half, five, four and a half, five. Yeah, it's, it's five. Five's five. even, it could be four and a half, but I'll give you five. It's five. Five. Okay. Five. Okay. All right. Cool. 50 right. on that. And then 50, 50 on the rest of the season, Taylor versus Najee, full PPR, no injury outs, right? It just is what it is. Sure. So you're a guy who's got a 
twice as many touches to get the same amount of production is way bigger than Jimmy Rizzo. <laughs> and a rookie who's never proven to do it too. But hey, yeah. they say receiving no. touches don't hurt as much. As, well, uh, he also he he doesn't look worse for the wear. He just pops right up. He's pretty sturdy looking. Uh, he's uh, a Bay Area guy. Everyone absolutely like loves him. Very charitable, um, yeah. nice guy. But um, anyway, go Najee. Let's go. But I love Jonathan Taylor by the way too. So uh, yeah. Anyway, all right. So what are our five? You're gonna here? you're um, gonna lose that bet. You're taking a volume guy over like one of the elite studs of the league who's going to get more vibe we're going to take cincinnati we're going to take miami we're going to take and then that's really all we agreed on i i think new england yeah. we should take yeah i was going to say you fight for new england and then the two i kind of was saying were tennessee or houston so well i'll take houston if you want i'll t- okay. i would even take tennessee i mean i took them tennessee's a great value i just don't love the yeah. setup all right i like houston and tennessee so i like Fine. So take you, Houston, you have, Tennessee. You can have New England and Miami and Cincinnati. And Fine. We'll Houston, Done. Tennessee. All right. Done. Cool. All right. Cool. That was easy. Yeah. And Survivor, I picked the Rams. I mean, I made them my number one just because the Cardinals are going to be used. Now, right, so the Rams, there's no Thanksgiving Christmas issue with the Rams at all either, I right? I don't believe so. They say 45% left in the circle pool have them. 96% left have Arizona, who plays on Christmas Day, and they are currently minus seven-point favorites against the Colts on that in that game. Right, that's not going to be a no-brainer. But you know, you know what's going to have to happen? Like if this gets, you know, if people keep winning like this, like Thanksgiving's got to be a bloodbath, and there might be a point where you got to take that three-point favorite and be like, "Look, there's a thousand people left on Thanksgiving, or six hundred people left, and you know we're getting here. We need to hope that whoever the seven-point favorite is, if there's only if that's a six-point favorite, that's the biggest spread that everybody's on, that right. they lose, and we're just going to take the three-point. We'll take Detroit or Chicago. We'll take like Chicago, and we'll just be like." Okay, we got Chicago. Let's do this. Let's do it, Chicago. Let's do it, Justin Fields or Andy Dalton, and just just suck it up and just be like, let's go for an upset. You know, I think I think there's going to yeah. be a, a point where we push our chips in. You know, we got a pair of eights or something, and we're like, we're all in, and that's it. I want to not get ahead of our skis here and worry. You know, Jared Goff may have a revenge game here. You think he's happy Sean McVay traded him? Let's let's concentrate on this Sunday list. If let's Jared get Goff had the week. Week okay. by week, come on. Let's not look ahead, like ahead okay. of ourselves here. Let's let's. Uh, well, this let's is just what I'm going to say. Getting it done. If Jared Goff had the power to generate resentment to play well, he wouldn't have got ditched out of uh, his. Two- he got. <laughs> think about Jared Goff is he can't be that mad because he got two hundred million dollars or whatever. You know, he got signing bonus, whatever. He didn't deliver, and so they got rid of him. But he got paid. It's not like he got. It's not like he got Geno Smith, where some dude punched him in the face and he lost his job and he never got a chance. Like <laughs> he, he had it pretty good. And then the Rams used the number one pick and paid this guy. He was a bum. They want to kill him. Aaron Donald's probably like, we should have won a Super Bowl. We, we were better than the Patriots, but we had this guy dragging us down for this last couple of years. So they probably want to destroy him. And then Stafford, how about Stafford? Like he was in this franchise. Stafford might be a Hall of Famer when all is said and done. And think about how many, he might have won Super Bowls, but he was on this team for a decade of just futility, terrible management, a horrible franchise. He's going to be like, I want to score 75 on these guys. I don't it's think any of this stuff matters. I don't think any of this stuff matters. I think that any team can lose. There's a 10% chance they lose. We could get screwed. We're a team of Although, destinies. So it's not going to happen. All, honestly, them. I really would say maybe it is making a leap. But if anything, really, McVeigh should know all of Goff's biggest weaknesses. Yeah, <laughs> what he doesn't I, like I think and so. does like. I mean, really, that should be, actually could come into play. But um, anyway, right. that's okay. Well, I, I, I would think so. Play. And... There's no playmakers on the Lions. And what TJ Hawkins is going to catch a 15 yard pass. DeAndre Swift's going to get a screen pass. I mean, they, they don't have a, a deep threat. Jalen Ramsey's out there. Donald's out there. The, the Rams' offense is like a machine. The Lions' defense is bad. 
I mean, the only way that Lions win, in my opinion, is if they do what the Texans did to the Patriots and just go on all four downs and just grind out first down after first down. It's how the Lions almost beat the Ravens that game. Right. You just get so many first downs, and any team can get three or four yards. And if you just like are good at like mixing up the plays a little bit and the Rams defense gets a little tired, you can win. I think that's that's the way they would win, not turn it over, obviously. Like the Texans didn't turn it over against the Patriots. Um, the Rams have a turnover, like a bad bounce. It, they can lose. It's a ten percent chance, but yeah, yeah, I don't love the Rams coming off such an easy week, and and the Lions, you know, winless. But um, I mean, that's that's where I've settled on, given all the information. So um, we don't yeah. I have to argue this week, I guess. And also, right, no, and also Arizona, they're undefeated. They're gonna, I mean, if anyone's gonna take a team lightly, it's gonna be Arizona. And the Texans do that dink and dunk that they do that style. So do the Lions. I mean, they both these are that's all they can do. If they get behind, it's just over immediately. But if it's close, like I'm telling you, man, I, I watch. That Patriots game was torture, man. It was torture. It was just like going on fourth down. They made four straight fourth downs. And yeah. then David no, Harris Houston, fumbled yeah. through the end zone. It was yeah. crazy. Houston had ran more fourth downs that game than Belichick has gone for fourth downs this season. Yeah. I mean, the four downs is such a good – it makes it so easy to get a first down. We're a team of destiny, so whatever we end up doing, it's going to come through. <laughs> but for those of you watching or listening, the Rams are a risk. But if we take them – It'll be too late before we well, you're confirmed. But if we take them, it's not it's no longer a risk. So, but for now they're a risk because we haven't committed yet. But we're probably taking them. Right Correct. Okay. Yep. Yep. I'm in. All right. Cool, man. What else? What else going on in the list world? Oh yeah, just a uh, a Bitcoin ETF launch. That's all. Not much. Oh yeah. Forget about forget about the ETF. I'm not saying they actually use it. Of course, it's actually by Bitcoin, but still, yeah. it's kind of a you know. It's, but I'm it's, I'm, it's, I'm it's saying a, whatever the reason we ascribe. To it, I'm saying it might be the ETF, might not, but it's at 66 grand. I can't believe it dipped under 66 for a minute earlier. I was like, "Wow, we're down to 65." It's it's a bear market already. Does it ever go below 60 again? Does it ever go below 50 again? And where are we headed? Is it going to be 100k in December? This is all just whatever. Short-term speculation doesn't mean anything, but I I think I, I read some tweets where guys like this is not retail FOMO like the 2017 run-up when it went to 20K. It's not a bunch of people being like, oh, I better get some of this. It's institutions. ETF, it, it's, it's large institutions moving allocation in, in size. Oh, and it's coming. Thing- I got an email today from Venmo saying buy crypto through this. I mean, that's an email to the masses saying, yeah, I mean, but it's crypto. Sorry, sorry. Crypto is like scammy shit. Well, no, it says Bitcoin or 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 ETH. Right, but there's 85. And they'll be like, oh, Bitcoin's so expensive. It's 65,000. I'll buy one of these $200 tokens. That's cheaper. Realizing, why don't you just buy one thirtieth of a Bitcoin? uh, You know, sorry, one three hundredth of a Bitcoin uh, for 200 bucks. And that's good. But people don't want to do that. want a whole token of something else. But the point is, I mean, Facebook is now getting a, their own wallet, whatever they're joining Coinbase, because of course, because of course, perfect well, of match course. Yeah, there. But um, but no, I mean, all these, yes, the institutions as well. But what I'm saying is it's becoming, you know, more just, just globally known. And it's still the first thought. It really is the first inning still that Yahoo Finance had a column talking about how the when it halves, having means each coin be, then becomes uh, worth half the amount. I mean, they don't even know what they're talking about. I mean, it's really weird when you read something like that and you're like, Rotowire, like if somebody wrote something the equivalent of that in fantasy sports, we'd be like, dude, no, we, this is not publishable. But somehow it gets through. I guess your column in Yahoo is getting through too. But yeah, the finance one did. It did. Yeah. No. How can they, they say that? Bitcoin a little more before they say that the having is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's still early and it's, it's, but it's starting. I, I was speculating earlier. 
it's it's not there's no point in saying it could be 250 grand in January, February, because it's just nobody knows. The old school guys are like, this next bull run is gonna be so face melting. People are just not gonna believe what they're seeing. And then there's the idea whether this is the super cycle, right? So basically what happens typically, and this has happened three times already, where Bitcoin's halvening happens. You and I have talked about this in the past. And the and the halvening means, just so people know, when you mine Bitcoin and guess the number, just throw the, the power, the electricity at this, at this uh, game kind of, and you get the number right, you get rewarded Bitcoin for getting the number and you certify the block. So you get rewarded and it's every 10 minutes a new block is mined, a new reward is issued. And it used to be, you know, 50 Bitcoin and then it was 25, then it was 12 and a half. And this, and this last happening was six and a quarter. What happens is less Bitcoin is issued as a reward. So there's less new Bitcoin coming into the system every four years. And because of that, there's less supply. And so if the demand is constant, the supply is less, the price goes up. And what would typically happen is on May 20th or whatever of 2020 that the halving happens and nobody notices it because, hey, Chloe, be quiet. It's a Mason, be quiet. The halving happens and it's like, okay, well, instead of 12 and a half Bitcoin, this 10 minute block, there's six and a quarter Bitcoin. Okay. So out of these millions of Bitcoin that are you know, in circulation, although most are in cold storage, not moving. Okay. Six and a half fewer are there than it would have been. That's not going to make a difference in the price. But then 10 minutes later, six and a quarter fewer. And then 10 minutes later, and as you get to a few months, mm-hmm. all of a sudden there's like a supply shock where it's like there's not that as much coming online. And if there's any demand, the price starts trickling up and that creates demand and FOMO. And there's more demand, but then the, you know, then the amount being issued is less and less. And so typically each cycle, this sort of supply shock, I mean, this is a theory. I mean, there's no proof of this. But if you look at the price charts, it kind of tracks this. There'd be about a year after the halvening that the supply shock happens, then the price starts going up. And then for a couple of years, it goes up, you know, a year and a half, it goes up in the sick bull market that's like 10, 20x of what the, you know, what it was trading at a year and a half ago, a year ago. And then it goes back to about a fifth of what it was at the peak or a sixth of what it was at the peak. So it goes up 20x and then it goes down, you know, five, 6x. And then, you know, same. And then eventually that's four years and a new halving happens and it gets momentum again and it does the same thing. And so this has happened three times and it's very similar if you overlay the charts. And so it's like, okay, well then this thing is going to, you know, it happened in May, 2020 by winter, 2022, this thing is going to be at, you know, if you, if you look at the same percentage, it's gone up 250, 300 K. And then eventually people will get like, okay, let's start selling. It starts going down. Everyone gets out and it goes down to back to 60 or 70 K. And then it stays there for a year and a half. And then it ramps to the next cycle, you know, where it goes up to a million or whatever the next stop is. But some people think that this is a super cycle where this is the end, where because, because it's not, Bitcoin's happening doesn't happen in a vacuum. It happens in a macroeconomic backdrop. And what's the backdrop? The bi- backdrop is Biden's trying to pass a $3.5 trillion bill that they say costs zero, but obviously doesn't cost zero. They're printing money with UBI. They're giving everyone else money. They're bailing out the market. They're not letting you, their interest rates are below zero in places. They're very low, you know, long-term rates. So you have this macro uh, in crazy inflationary environment. Inflation is already five, six percent in the most nutless way they measure it, where it's really like 15% when you look at home prices and things like that. So we're in a macro environment where like it's escape velocity, you know, we're because like this plane that takes off dips, takes off dips. But if you get outside the Earth's gravitational field, it doesn't come back. And so we're sort of you know, in the stratosphere, you know, we're, we're getting to that place where Earth's gravity is weaker and it may, it may just go. So, so th- you know, but then we're talking about a paradigm shift where, holy shit, the whole society's reordered. And, 
you know, we talked about Game of Thrones, like Game of Thrones, you saw Game of Thrones, like Stannis wants to, uh, you know, or Stannis, he wants to launch a, a war and he needs to raise an army, but he doesn't have the money to pay these guys. So he has to go to the Iron Bank and he has to make his case and pitch like he's a, they're like the VCs of the Game of Thrones era. And he's like, hey, I'm, I'm suited. I'm young enough to be the king and reward your investment, pay you back, give you interest, invest in me. And the Iron Bank does invest in him and he gets an army. It was a bad investment, but he got the army. And the thing is he couldn't print his own money to go do, you know, go kill a bunch of people. He needed to borrow the money. And so all of a sudden, if, if, if Bitcoin, like a black hole sucks in all the money where, you know, fiat's basically trending towards zero relative to it, then since there's a very small amount of supply available and people aren't going to be selling their coins to the governments, they're going to have to buy them at crazy market rates. Suddenly uh, the government is defunded. It is defunded in a fundamental way that it can't get out of. And you separate money and state the way they separated church and state 500 years ago. Now they're separating money and state. And now the state has to actually cooperate like a business, right? The state has to say, listen, we need your funds. We need your Bitcoin. We need your uh, economic productivity. So how about this? We'll raise money to create a new waterfront and a new park. You know, there's not going to be taxes. You're just a very minimal tax you have to pay. And they're going to be recruiting you to participate in their economy that they need you. Instead of we're going to tax you and we're going to make sure you can't say X, Y, and Z. And, and, you know, and you have to take the medicine whether you want to or not. And you have to do this and you have to do that. And, and we're getting awfully uh, impatient. What, what, did, what did Biden say? We're getting awfully, uh, what was the word he used? He made a speech and he was like, we're getting, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm, sorry. I'm, more, I'm more senile than Biden. He, he said something like, we're getting awfully impatient. Sort of like, you know, just get it, you know, do what we say, basically. We're getting impatient. It's like, wait a second. That's not how it works. You're a public servant. You know, we're, we're, the, we're the citizens. Like, it's not like you're getting impatient with us. Like, we're getting impatient with you. And the power dynamic would shift uh, dramatically uh, between state and individual if, if this happens. But look, th this is such a crazy idea that the second order and third order effects are so screwed up. I mean, like there could be horrible. So, I, and the state would lash out hard at people. And it's not like this would be just some easy thing. This would be very rough, this transition, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, it matters, but the roughness of it doesn't stop. You know, Victor Hugo, uh, nothing can stop an idea whose time has come. If this is escape velocity, because the, uh, because the governments have squandered the trust in their currency and their responsibility in the uh, value creation, in the signal of what money means and what you know markets actually tell you what's valuable, what's not. If they've just destroyed that irreparably, good luck. You know, it's it's not going to, and and it's a bunch of individuals are all going to want it, and everyone's going to get it, and boom, it's not coming back. So it's a little scary, but it's also a little hopeful. It's so funny, Jim Cramer sold all his Bitcoin at thirty k or whatever. By the way, circling back, my. Uh, Glad you could pick up my, if you could pick up my daughter or son, whoever that was, uh, it means the snowball is finally connected properly. Maybe then if you're picking up, picking up. Back no, you're, no, you sound great. I, I can't believe I put up with nice. your horrible sound for this long. And you're trying to say it was a, a me problem. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, yeah. no, no. I just said long. Yahoo is fine. I just said the Yahoo. It's got to be well, on your end. Well, it's a different setup. There, Says Lasky. Right? I got to give him credit. He said, is he yeah. plugged in? Does he have, you know, and then I found it. Anyway, it's good. I'm glad the sound is good. I think we covered a lot of stuff. I'm good with this. I mean, we, you know. We can we can go about you know I talk well, about it, this. Uh, any thoughts on In and Out? I mean, that's they see that they closed the the restaurant in San Francisco for. for I have so the much so much respect for that, and 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 I will say this one thing: I saw this one restaurant in New York. They had a chair, and it, they posted like the vaccine post they're supposed to put in the window, but then they had a chair, and they said the vaccine inspector 
from the government that they need to send is not here. So we're not going to be testing. And what they meant was like, we're not going to do your dirty work for you. We're not going to be the Gestapo because you tell us to do this. If you want to test people, you want to send an inspector into our restaurant and have them sit there and be the guy who's doing the testing. You want to send one of your goons to do it. Fine. But I'm not, we're not doing it. We're not participating in this. So we're running a restaurant. If you want to like put a guy in there, just like, you know, uh, when you get your car fixed at a body shop, sometimes the insurance companies have like a dude like with an office at the right. body shop. They put their guy in there to like handle the paperwork while you're getting the shit done, right? That that's you want to put your guy in there to enforce this. That's fine, but we're not enforcing. We're not the Gestapo. We don't police this. And it was awesome. It was just just like, dude, we're not. This is not our job. Like, if you want this, that's your problem. Why why are we doing? It's not like you can just tell us we have to do this. You you want to enforce it? Fine. Put it here's a chair for you. Go do it. And then in and out, same thing. Like we're not discriminating. We don't care. And I just think people, this is it, right? I mean, a lot of people think, oh, this is good, right? But I think most people think, oh, I'm going along with this. I don't want to rock the boat. And then some people are like, no, fuck this. This is terrible. Like, you know, this is a police state. This is showing your papers to get a meal. Take whatever medicine you deem best. You're the boss of it. And I made this point on Twitter, like, you know, in a jury trial, the expert doesn't render the verdict. You don't call in the forensics guy, the blood spatter guy and, and like, oh yeah, there's blood spatter. He's guilty. That doesn't happen. The, the lawyer says to the expert, what do you make of this? And you say, well, this is typical when the, when there's a shot, you know, in the back of the head, they fall this way and the splat, you know, they will tell you something that you don't know because they're expert and you are not, and you don't know about blood spatter patterns. And then the cross-examination lawyer will say, well, we have another expert who says that's actually false. And in three cases, you testified the opposite when you were being paid by X. And then the jury hears that and they hear like, you know, what's the expert? Does he have a conflict of interest? Has he been consistent? Okay, and so you evaluate that, but who decides? It's the ordinary person, the jury, the average person who has no expertise evaluates the, the expert testimony. The expert takes technical stuff, makes it accessible to the average person in the court of law, and we trust the average person to make the determination, not the expert. So, um, and we also trust the lawyers. We have the lawyers, we don't trust them, but the lawyers are the people charged with pushing the experts. The lawyers are not experts. It's not experts challenging experts, although they do call opposing experts. It's lawyers, logicians, people who catch people in contradictions, probing experts. That's who you are. You're the jury and you're the lawyer. You're going to look and you're going to probe. Is this true? Is this not true? Whatever. And then you're the juror and you're going to make the decision. The experts don't make the decision. And I think these people are like, you know, I want an expert to decide for me, but it's like, no, experts aren't better deciders than you. They just know technical information that you should that it would behoove you to become aware of if you want to make a good informed decision. And so you should listen to what they have to say, but you should cross-examine them. Are you in conflict? Are you being paid by a pharmaceutical company? Does your employer only hire people who have a certain belief system? And if you were to say the opposite, would you have been fired or discredited or attacked on Twitter? All of these questions you should be asking. And you ask them in your mind while you're researching who this guy is. And when you're satisfied with the advice that you're getting and the, and the opposing counsel's uh, the opposing side's expert. Okay. Make your own decision. That's what it's on. You must choose for yourself and you must respect that other people uh, might come to a different conclusion. My guy, Mark Garagos says that all, essentially all experts on trial juries are or just comes down to who's paying whom it's just hundred percent, just who's paying the, the whatever the opinion that they want. They find the right. So the person apply that, them. apply that to, you know, should the jury then just be trusting the experts? If, if it's mm -hmm. a, well, that's only in a court of law, Dalton. That would never happen in real life that the guys opining on things have to do with what pays them. How could you be so suspicious in conspiracy theory to think that, uh, that those experts, that, that experts are paid in real life to, to have certain opinions? And it's not paid directly always. It's just they know 
where their bread is butter. They know what the, re- what the response will be with some views versus other views. Right, right. So I know you think it's uh, overrated, but I do think In-N-Out is the best fast food, at least. Certainly not better than a burger. At, uh, it's just such a travesty uh, that Bradley Ogden's closed. I mean, that is the best burger. Oh, that was time. such a good burger, yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, better than any, I mean, it, I've only had one or two steaks in my life better than that burger. That was so good, um, that one. Uh, yeah, that one is so good. Anyway, so uh, Levy, last time I saw you in Las Vegas, there was a Shake Shack at the airport and I've heard so many good things about it. It was atrocious. I had to throw it out. They use like those Hawaiian buns. I'm curious if it was just an airport version, but I don't care where it was served. In and out would have never put their name on that product I had, but I'm hoping it was just bad because it was an airport version in Vegas. But man, Shake Shack, Shack, Danny Meyer. I'm not, I'm not sure. I think, I think it's a very I think it East Coast thing. It's I think it's Danny Meyer. I think that guy was super pro mandate too. So, well, it's too bad. Danny Meyer? I don't know. It was garbage, whatever I had. Oh, two other things. One other thing is remind me to talk about uh, Squid Game. Is, uh, I have one Danny episode Meyer. left. But the other thing I want to say is that if you say to somebody, yeah, these people who didn't take the vaccine, if they believed it were safe, effective, and the key to getting out of the pandemic, of course they would have taken it. And if the people who did take the vaccine didn't believe it were safe, effective, or the way out, they wouldn't have taken it unless they're coerced, unless you know, they would lose their job. Sometimes they took it even if they didn't believe it. But I'm saying people who took it voluntarily, who wanted it, if they didn't think it was safe, effective, and the way out, they wouldn't have taken it. And the, and the unvaccinated person, if they thought it was safe, effective in the way out, they would take it. Right? That's how I look at it. They would take it if they thought it worked. So if they're not taking it, it's not because they agree with you that it's safe, effective in the way out, but they're just being selfish. It's like they don't think that's going to get to where you think it's going to get to. So you can't hate on somebody because you're, when, when you hate on somebody, you're like, yeah, they know this works, but they're just assholes. But no, that's if they knew it worked, they would just take it. I'm not saying who's right or wrong. I'm just saying... You, you must concede that the people not taking it just don't agree that it's a good idea to take it. They may be totally wrong about that, but they just think, I don't think this is going to work or it's safe or whatever, or it's not going to help us. Everyone spreads it, whatever they think. That is why they're not taking it. But you see people be like, no, they're just not taking it because of what, what they're being told on TV. They just follow Trump. And you're like, well, do you, how, you, you can't know why. And, and so if you're a person who personally makes medical decisions based on things like, is it effective? Is it safe? Is it helpful? Um, Then you assume that that's what other people are doing. But if you're a person who makes medical decisions based on what you're hearing on TV or what your peer group is doing, then you assume that's what other people are doing. And they think, oh, they're just doing because their peer group doesn't want them to do. But isn't that more revealing of yourself if you're speculating on someone else's motivation that you don't know? Aren't you just basically saying how you make decisions? Because you're saying, oh, this is what they must be doing. Rather than saying, Oh, well, it seems like a lot of people who take the vaccine, it's like, yeah, I, I think it's safe. It's effective. I think it's going to help stop this pandemic. So that's why I took it. person like that would think, yeah, well, they probably don't agree with that. And maybe I'll try to persuade them of that. But they would never say, oh, no, they just they think it's safe, effective and, and the end of the pandemic. But they just are just being dicks. Right? Only somebody who does things for completely tribal and you know, being influenced reasons would assume that the default reason why someone didn't take it was because they're being influenced. When you, when you speculate on other people's psychology and motivations that you can't possibly know, aren't you really just revealing your own? Because that's, that's why you think, you assume they, that you're like, oh, this is the basis for making a decision. That's why they're doing it. So I see all these people like, they're so dumb. They're just doing it because the TV, I'm thinking, you're telling me that you did. That, I you know, get what you're saying. Yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. Somebody yeah. says, yeah. yeah, I don't agree with them. You know, I don't think, 
I think they're making an error in judgment, but yeah, they don't think it's safe for some reason or they, their sources. Yeah. Then I'm like, okay, you're looking at sources and you're assuming they're doing the same. Okay. I come but, across a lot of the other too. Yeah. The other, yeah. Where they just assume. But, that, but yeah. if you're, but if you're looking at sources and they're doing the same and now they have a disagreement, then you can't hate them because if they have a legitimate disagreement, it means they're doing the best thing they think to end this. Like, right. Oh God, these people are doing this. Well, you might think that, that they are still the reason it's not over. You can believe that. But for them, they might think, ah, like, oh, man, you're What's going their motivation? Right. What's their motivation? If, if their motivation is just to end the pandemic and stay healthy and not spread it, which is obviously their motivation, uh, except in like the rarest, most disturbed cases, then it's like, well, they're doing their best. And you could say, yeah, but objectively they're wrong. They're, they're the obstacle to ending this. But they could say, I was going no, to say, don't be begging the question there. Are you sure it's just a rare case? I think you're probably right. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I okay. Well, well what I'm saying is, you know, I, I think most people, if I think most people are unvaccinated, if that was safe, effective in the way out, would just take it. It's not a big deal. It's a, it's a shot. So I think they would just take it, you know, if they thought that. But I think the fact that they haven't taken it means they don't think that. Most of them, I mean, maybe there's, again, some odd crazies. But, yeah, okay, okay. But the thing is, if, here, here's a counterpoint. So you might think, God, you know, that's fine. I understand they're doing their best, but they're just so misguided. It's very frustrating. I can understand that perspective. They're misguided. It's frustrating. Why won't they just do it? But how about this perspective? They're like, man, I really respect this guy. You know, he, he took the medicine he thought would help and he's doing his best also and he wants to end this. But doesn't he see that complying with these mandates is what's keeping this going? And as soon as everyone says, no, the thing's over and then we can all take the medicines we need, whatever medicine we want, get better, but we're not in lockdowns and these masks and these kids in masks and the thing ends. And that, you know, these compliant people who are just doing what they're told after two weeks, you know, to flatten the curve two years ago that, you know, there's a million... That was just the ask and it never stopped. They complied once and we never, you know, this is the obstacle that you keep doing what you're asked and there's just another ask and they're going to say, oh, we're going to have to lock you down if you don't do this and you have to take a booster. We have to do this. And those people might think, you know what? Compliance is the obstacle. And, it, you know, you can take the vax or not. That's not the issue. The, the issue is not complying with the mandates and doing what the government tells you. And that is so frustrating because we could just end this if you guys would just say no, it would be over tomorrow. There's that perspective. Whoever thinks those things is going to believe they're right, right? But you're fallible. You don't know for sure that you're right. You don't know which one is correct. There is like a legitimate- Only one side can be voiced publicly though. I know that. Only one side can be voiced publicly. I mean, I'm voicing it now. I'm at least making the argument, but- Oh, I hear you. I know it. everything you're saying makes, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it's I like- get, I get what you're saying. There, there's other things than just, you know, I mean, it's possible that maybe if everybody did it, it would end. Although I don't see the logic in that because Vax can still spread it. I, and, and, and so I, yeah. I, I don't see, see how it's going to end. Yeah. I don't see a lot of compassion for people who just view, have view, different views in themselves. And I mean, uh, the, on this subject, I don't, yeah, I mean, you're right. There's some nuance to why they're making that personal decision. Yeah. And, and also just to be like, well, this person's either an idiot or they're evil and lazy or, or selfish. What if they're really doing what they think is best to end this? That, then they can't be evil or selfish because they're, they have the same aim that you do. They want, you know, they want this thing to end. They want everyone to be healthy. They don't want to spread it. They don't want to catch it. They don't want to get sick. I think that's everybody. So why would you demonize somebody who had a different method? Now I understand it's frustrating. If you're sure your method is the way out and somebody's not on board, that's frustrating as hell. But what if they're sure their method is the way out? Or even if they're not sure, but they're, they just don't think your method is correct. And they think maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not persuaded. So I'm not going to go along with this just because you say it's so. Just because 
people with interest in this say it's so. I, I just don't understand why there isn't like a mutual respect. And, and I think like it's if, if someone voices this like, hey, I think the mandates are wrong. They're on the defensive. It's always like, you know, you, you get prosecuted by somebody who's like, you're not going, doing your part. You're not doing your part. And you, you'd be on the defensive. You'd be like, you can turn it around and say like, dude, you're complying. You're creating these lockdowns. You're giving them the power to, over you to do this stuff. You're giving them power over all of us. You're making them put these stupid measures where you put your mask on in the restaurant and sit down. We know this is stupid. The emperor has no clothes. You're giving them sort of license to say that any possible thing could be true that makes no logical sense. This, and you're intolerant of any other view. You're being totally intolerant. And it's not acceptable to be intolerant. And it's not acceptable to force medicine on somebody. And what you're doing is wrong. And it's evil. And, and I'm you know, going to denounce you for this, not for taking a medicine. Of course, you should take a medicine. And the thing is, no one's going to take your vaccines. No one's going to take them away. Everybody's going to be able to have the shot. I promise you, we're all going to be able to take as many as we want. That's never going to be the issue. Nobody's going to deprive you of this. this uh, and I think everybody should have the right to have it. Of course, they should. It's so one-sided and people get defensive. There's a huge power imbalance and that's why this is even happening. And if the power were equal, if people didn't feel like everybody was on one side or, or that they had so many people had their back, they would be ashamed, I think, for trying to uh, talk to people the way they are, insult them and call them stupid and force medicine on them. I think that would be something that would be very shameful. Man, it seems like a lot of people are enjoying doing it. From what I can tell, I, I don't. I, I I'm shocked at how many people just actively are, are mean to people. I mean, it's just yeah, flat out yeah. mean. I mean, it just. But that's acceptable in 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 today's world. It's it's weird, man. I don't know what world we're living in right now. Who were you allowed to be mean to 60 years ago? What kind of people are you allowed to be mean to? How does that look historically? Hmm. How about a couple hundred years ago? About a hundred years ago, the people that you that you feel justified in being mean to. This never. This is never good. It's never right. You always. Everyone's always fighting the last battle. They're like, "Oh, don't be mean to this person," and that's good. We shouldn't be mean to people based on any sort of category they're in or whatever. But what about the present one? In the future, though, people look back aghast. Like, how did they do that? How were they able to do that? But in the present, just like 50, 60 years ago, those people thought they were totally justified in what they were doing. They thought they were the good people. Oh, keeping order and on law. the right side. A hundred certain they're on the right side. They, I know. Uh, if you if you defended people's rights and 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 people who were being discriminated against rights in the 40s and 50s, there would be a lot of people that would come down on you and call you horrible names and 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 think you were a threat and persecute you basically for doing that. That's enough ranting on that. I got one more thing. You probably have some stuff too, but I've been rambling no, for a while. No, the only thing that I had written down actually was Squid Game because uh, someone brought it up to us in, in the comments. Usually, I talk about. In, uh, you know, TV or whatever. And this is like the most culturally or just whatever's blown up. I'm only three episodes in though, because I have to pay attention. I watch most of my TV in the background while I do other stuff, but obviously I want to read the subtitles. Subtitles. I'm watching it yeah. dubbed. Um, uh, but uh, I want to hear your opinion first before I say anything further. So I won't spoil it. So you don't have to turn this yes, off. Yes, that um, too. Please do that. Okay. So um, I'll say a few things. One is you got to listen to a Korean with subtitles yeah. because the actors are good. I mean, most of them. And the Korean, like you're just watching people speak and interact in a real way. You don't understand what the hell they're saying, but the subtitles you do. So you're, you're basically getting the real thing when you have the subtitles. Your brain just kind of automatically processes it and you're watching in Korean. Whereas if you have subtitles, it's a bunch of idiotic dub people who like, it's going to be really disjointed. So definitely subtitles and leave the Korean on. Yeah, without closed captioning, I guess catches the cultural references better, I'm told too. 
whatever that means. Anyway, yeah. continue. Okay, but it just to me, it's just it's okay. And so, not since like Game of Thrones, Succession, the second season, I liked. I, I mocked you the first season, but it was actually good the second season. But not since Game of Thrones, and maybe the second season of Succession. But still, have I been like, oh, I, I want to see the next one right now? But normally, it's like some bullshit period drama that Heather's watching about some relationship character shit that she likes, and I'm like. It's, it's good. You know, she's like, oh, I love the show. And I'll watch it with her because it's some Dalton Del Don, Nutless Monkey show. And I'll watch it with her. It's well done. Like, they're good. They're good shows. But I'm like, I'm not like, oh, I got to see the next one. I don't care. I'm like, I watch one and then I forget that it even existed. But this show, I want to see what happens. And I'll only say a couple things. I won't give anything away. But there's some real allegory for today's world. I think that there's, um, I mean, it's pretty damn dark. It's hard to get that much darker but it's it's well done and and i thought heather was like oh you're gonna hate it because everyone's talking anything everyone's talking about hate and i put on the first episodes i was like this is not this is well written well acted this is like legitimate like right away you're like this is good so i got one more episode i might watch it after this even though it's one in the morning and then uh that's it, man. That's uh, that's all I got. Okay, a couple things. I'm I'm glad to hear that. I am hooked after three episodes. I agree with everything you said. However, I'm a little surprised. I too thought you would. I was not going to recommend it to you because to me yeah. this falls more in the entertaining as it does. I think the last thing I recommended to you didn't even. Did you never watch Promising Young Woman, the movie? I never did. I forgot. This an hour and a half of your time. That's like the only thing I actually did recommend to you in the past year. Promising Young Woman. I'm anyway. I'm a person who has a three million dollar stake in a in a survivor pool. An hour and a yeah. half of my time yeah. is extremely valuable. Yeah. Don't don't yeah. well, denigrate that. Well, okay. Well, just remember that one. But Squid Game, I'm, I'm glad, I love that you love it. Um, uh, Jerry Donabedian, I think, uh, shit on it in a tweet, and I felt like you were going to be more skeptical in that way because I get it. You know, there's some suspension of disbelief, whatever stuff. But um. I'm with you. I love the score and I'm hooked and it's super entertaining and I can't wait to watch the next six episodes, which I'm going to binge very, very soon. You got to suspend some disbelief, but that's not really the important thing. I think sure. it's just I'm like, glad you love it. I love it. it, it, love it. I'm it's really I this like it. tech sci-fi. I, it, there's yeah. like this element to it. That's like really cool and really sort of like out of it's out of any context in a weird way. And, and it's, and it's just really about the, the, you know what it all means in a way and it really goes deep it goes deep in a lot of ways and it goes deeper it goes deep man there's some deep okay. shit right, and right. and you know all those books you read that are about society and stuff it's 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 got that in it and i think it's just well done and it's i never felt really it got it, i never felt it pandered or sold out i never really right, felt cool. it pandered. i'd love to hear that love to hear that we'll we'll, we'll tie it up next week oh, i gotta, yeah. gotta watch it okay cool. yeah all right. all right awesome all right man, all right, man. well good shit let's do all it we got our picks Got a yes. survivor pick? Easy. You going to be yeah, on XM yeah. tomorrow? Easy. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk more tomorrow. Yeah, all right, sure. Man. Uh, all what are we going to talk about with all these? The easy week? No, I'm sure we will. But uh, yeah, good time. Yeah, we'll just hash it. All right, take it easy, man. Take care. Later. Later.